Praise the Lord. It looks like that everybody has survived the holidays and everybody's here to start a new course on life. Somebody said, I am depressed. It's going to be another six months before I get another day off of work because it seems like all the holidays are in the fall and in that time of the year. But this is a good season for all of us. Amen. This is a good season for all of us to begin a new journey in Christ for this year, to set goals. And everybody asks, what's your New Year's resolutions? I've not made a lot of them, to be honest with you, because I've known that everything is fruitful if I don't set my goal on heights of becoming better in Christ Jesus. Everything revolves around that, that one principle. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse 1. Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse 1, we're going to be reading down to verse 4. If you'll stand for the reading of the word, please. This may sound like an unusual text for the beginning of the first uh, part of the new year, but we're going to be talking about the new year today. Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse 1. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came tempting, tempting, desiring him that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and he said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas, or Jonah, and he left them and he departed. Bill, would you ask the Lord's blessing, please, Elder Bill, upon the word of the Lord. Amen. Now I want you to look at somebody and say, get ready to hear the word of the Lord. Because I want us to hear what God is saying to us as a church. It's very vitally important. I do believe that the Lord has given me instruction as a pastor, as a leader. I know one, thing, one of my greatest concerns is to stand before the Lord and woe unto you, shepherd, because you did not feed the flock or you did not give them the direction that needed to be taken. So I take every message very seriously. I never take it lightly. I never get behind this pulpit without searching the mind of God, searching the scripture, trying to find out what God wants to say unto you people right here at Popper Bluff at the Palace of Praise. So today I come to you with a heavy heart. I come to you with a very sincere message. I come to you with a confidence that God has spoken to me. Today is the day that we all ask the same old question every year. This is the first Sunday after the new year and the age-old question is this. What is God saying about the year 2019? People wonder, what, what, you know, what can we expect out of this year? What kind of world events is going to be taking place? What can we expect when it comes to the things of the Spirit? What is the role of the church in the year of 2019? These are just some of the questions that runs through the minds of believers all across America. And it's odd to me how that we think that some cosmic change happens every new year in the timetable of man. Somehow we think that God changes course and he's changed his mind and he has a different thing because God done away with his original commission and call that he gave to the church in the Great Commission. Let me just simply give you some pastoral advice. Let me give you some pastoral leading in this year of 2019. First of all, we have to be very careful that we do not become like the Sadducees in the 
the Pharisees and we seek after a sign. Yet in return, we are discern the sign, we are to discern the signs of the time. In other words, we are to discern the signs of the time without seeking for a sign. Does that make sense? So you and I are going to have to understand what is God up to? What is what is on God's agenda? What is on God's timetable here for the year of 2019? We have to be very careful because Jesus said that it was a wicked and adulterous generation that sought after a sign. I do not want God to look down at the palace and praise and say they're a bunch of wicked and adulterous generation because they're sitting around waiting and seeking for some kind of a sign from me. There's, there's one thing that is true and this will never change. Put this down in your mind and that is the message and the theme must be centered around the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said there is not going to be any sign given to you except that which has already been given and it's been given through the prophet Jonah. And the sign of the prophet Jonah was that he was in the belly of the well and he called it the belly of hell for three days and for three nights. And this of course was symbolic of Jesus dying and going down to the bowels of the earth into hell and being there for three days and three nights and rising again. It's all about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we also know that the main central focal point of the church must be Jesus on Jesus' command to us in the Great Commission. This is what Jesus said to us, and it has never changed. It may get old, it may get boring to some, but I want to tell you, Jesus' message to the church and his charge has never changed, and it will never change. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, and Jesus spake unto them and said unto them, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you even to the ends of the world. That's the great commission upon the church. That has never changed. That will never change. It will be upon the congregation until the Lord comes back after his church and takes us all to heaven. Any theme or any vision that does not include evangelism and have the harvest in mind, then that theme or vision is not God-inspired and we have failed to discern the times of the time because it's always the heartbeat of God to save people. I want you to understand that's the heartbeat of God for the year of 2019. It's never changed. That's to see the lost saved. That's to see the lost regenerated. That's to see people being born again and their names written down in the Lamb's book of life. That's to see your sons and your daughters that are far off to be brought in and saved. That's to see the backslider come back home. God's desire is and always will be for people to be saved. Can I have an amen? If you believe that, give the Lord praise in this house. Amen. We also have to understand whatever we get out of 2019 is what we're able to put into it and what we are able to believe for. What are you able to believe for in the year 2019? How is your faith going to be stretched? What the challenge that is upon you, the things that you have need of, the things that you desire, the things, the spiritual goals that you have, how much of those things do you really believe in your spirit that can come to pass? Last year, God spoke to us and said that the year 2018 was the beginning of the year of a shakening. And we understood that. The basis of the shakening was founded in scripture in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 starting with verse 29 or 25 through 29. And listen to what he said again to remind us. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. He tells us don't refuse him who has spoke. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will if how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more I shall shake not only the earth but also the heavens. The words once more, he says, indicate the removing of what can be shaken that those things that are created the created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and all and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Now let me break this down a little bit and remind us of what was last year and how 
affects us even in the year of 2019. The first shakening actually took place on Mount Sinai at the giving of the law. We understood that. That's what this scripture is talking about. The mountain shook, the thunder rolled, the lightning flashed, the rocks were in upon that mountain as God settled in on top of it. Moses come down off of that mountain. He warns the children of Israel. He was the one that spoke on earth concerning their idolatry. Here was Moses coming down with a warning from God, having the Ten Commandments in his hand. And it was there that judgment fell upon those Israelites who refused to hear the word of God. And this time God says, I'm not only going to shake the earth, but I'm going to do something else. I'm going to shake the heavens. This time it will not be Moses speaking to us on earth, but it will be God speaking to us from heaven. Now we're beginning to see some weird things beginning to take place around our world and it's God doing and shaking and let me tell you, God is speaking to the earth. God is talking to us as people of God and if the children of Israel did not survive due to their neglect and disobedience when Moses spoke, how much more will we not survive if we disobey him who speaks directly from heaven which is God? The shakening speaks of a divine alignment. It's getting things prepared for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to understand that. The shakening is attached to the harvest. It's, it, it, it is attached to an outpouring of a Holy Spirit in these last days to bring as many people into the kingdom of God that possibly can be saved. So understand, 2019 is for us to get focused upon a harvest. It's to get focused upon the lost condition of mankind. The central focal point of the shakening is evangelism. And it isn't just focused on supernatural occurrences to where we're all amused by it. Neither are they, they, they there for entertaining purposes. Yes, things are happening. There are some things that's unusually happening. Some people don't even recognize them as a spiritual event. They look at it as just a chaotic event. But let me tell you something, folks. God's speaking loudly. He's speaking clearly. He's shaking in this old world. It's God talking, and we better be set, sitting by and looking and listening to what God is saying to us here in the year of 2019. How many is ready to hear the voice of the Lord? Amen. You ready to hear from the prophet of God? And I'm not saying that in a bragging like I'm some kind of a prophet, but I'm here to tell you, I'm here with a prophetic word from the Lord. God has given it to me. It's a prophetic speech. And whatever God has sent here, we better take notice of it and not forget it. And we need to take notice that it is God speaking from heaven to us here on the earth. Can I have an amen? The shakening is an overwhelming move that was going to bring people to their knees and cause us to stand in awe. And the Bible says when it gets done in the book of Hebrews that we'll stand with our knees on the ground and our faces bowed to the earth and we'll have a holy reverence again to the Lord. It's going to bring a godly fear back to the church. Can I have an amen? How many is ready to see some reverence for the things of the Spirit of God again? Amen? It is removing obstacles from the church to prepare and to free the church, to move in the power of Pentecost and evangelize the world. It's removing the entanglements and the hindrances of the church. We are literally being purified in these last days. As God shakes the earth, he will shake everything that can be shaken. That's what the scripture says in the book of Hebrews. This means that every creative thing, he said, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken, every creative thing. Everything that man has created, everything that has been created, he says it's going to be shaken. Every empire, every government, every system, every order, everything that has a foundation to it, every marriage, every relationship, every home, every life. So that means you, I, church, everything is going to be shaken. Amen? It will be shaken, it will be tested, it will be tried, and you will see things crumble that you thought would never crumble, and you're going to see people crumble that you thought would never crumble. You're going to be amazed and say, you know, I could have expected that out of so-and-so, but I would never dream it would have come from that person. I would never dream they would have succumbed to that level. I would have never dreamed that that person would have ever done that. People of high integrity are going to be tested. And ever what's on the inside is going to be revealed by how or what comes out of them during the testing. Are you listening to me? Our way of life is about to change. Business as usual is about to change in America. We are seeing the foundations of America erode right before our eyes. We are seeing fortune companies that's been around for over 100 years that thought that they would never go out or going out of business and filing for bankruptcy. We are seeing journalism turning corrupt, driven by opinion instead of by fact. They are delivering propaganda instead of truth, and their objective and goal is to indoctrinate 
indoctrinate and not to inform. And we're literally indoctrinating people by a false narrative in, in media. As we said last year, the shakening that started in 2018 will continue until the time that Jesus comes back for his church. This means that there's more than just a one-time, one-year shakening that is happening in this certain year. But there is a season of shakening that will last and increase until the Lord Jesus Christ comes. Every day that we live, the more that shakening is going to intensify. This is what we we can expect during the year of 2019. God's shaking in the earth today right here on this very Sunday, but tomorrow it's even going to be shaking in even more. And by the time this time next year, if the Lord don't come, the shakening is going to be so intense you ain't even going to imagine it. Every day, the move of God is going to be intensifying. The shakening is going to increase. This means that the movement of God will intensify upon the earth because remember, it is God doing the shakening. And if the shakening is increasing, guess what? It means God's on the move. It means that God is intensifying his presence upon the earth. The shakening will become even more noticed. There is going to be conflict between good and evil, light and darkness, and the defiled and the holy. Hebrews tells us that even though the church will be shaken, tried and tested, yet it will endure, it will remain because we are a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. What we are upon is a solid foundation and Jesus Christ being our chief cornerstone. And according to Hebrews, this will cause worship to increase and the worship will be found acceptable in the eyes of God. That there's going to be a pure worship that will return back and the people will stand in awe of God with holy reverence before the presence of God because we are going to become a purified people. Whether you know it or not, God's out removing the impurities in your life by the shaking that's coming upon the earth. God help me preach. God help me preach here this morning. What we think's unpleasant is actually working far more greater than what we can ever imagine in our lives. Quit grappling of where you're at. God's on the move. Quit complaining about your set of circumstance and understand it's nothing more than a shaking going on to get your attention and get you realigned with God to where you can come into a holy, a holy worship that's acceptable with God where you can stand in all of his beauty and his glory that he's going to show through you upon the earth. God is about to do something great here in the planet Earth, something wonderful. This tells me that even though that we're going to experience some horrible tragedies, some unbelievable events, see them and live through some trying times, yet it's the very thing that brings the church back to its purpose and causes us to be realigned with God. Amen? How many still believe that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and to them who are the called according to his purpose? You believe that? Say it again. How many believe it? Raise your hand then why do we fall apart that every little tragedy comes our way? Do you believe that you're in the hollow of his hand? Do you believe you're the apple of his eye? Do you believe you're his chosen possession? Do you believe that you are the inheritance of God through Christ Jesus? Do you believe you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Then why sweat the small stuff? Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. It's time that we quit walking around with fear and dismay and condemnation and guilt and rise up and be a church of faith, recognizing that the shaking is a hand and we're pliable in the hands of the master. We're nothing more than potter and clay in the hands of the potter. And God's forming and God's making a new vessel and we ought to be rejoicing of what's taking place. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. The church is about to become the church. We have already seen Hollywood shaken. We've seen sports uh, arenas shaken. We've seen government shaken. We've seen the political world in disarray. Never have we seen anything like what we're seeing now. We have seen news agencies and media outlets crumbling and losing their reputation and their ratings because, because of their own agendas. And God just keeps on shaking. And he keeps on shaking him. Right when you think it's about over, it starts all over again and it gets worse and more things come out and all of a sudden more things are revealed. Come on, somebody help me preach. The very way a life is changing America to rapid speed all because there's a shaking going on. And it's not just an American Western thing. It is a world thing. 
Look at the world governments collapsing all over the place. We see the rise of hostility against the things that's wholesome and true. We're seeing an overwhelming increase of hostility toward the church and toward the Christian and even every religious symbol out there. They're fighting the symbol of the cross, the Ten Commandments, the manger scenes, the, the Christian statutes, and on and on and on it goes. And even though we're not to seek after a sign, yet according to Jesus, we're discerned that we are to discern the times we're living in. So the question I ask you, O Palace of Praise, what time is it? What time is it? Does any of us really know? How many of us really know what time it is on the timetable of God? I'm not talking about the timetable on a clock, but I'm referring to the time of the Spirit. What's going on in the spiritual realm right here, right now in this very service? God has a time and a season for every one of us and everything that's upon the earth. We are born in this season, during this century, at this specific time for this purpose. You're not here by coincidence or by chance. God has a plan for you, a purpose for you right here in this 21st century. Some people say, well, I don't even know what I'm living for. Well, you need to get to knowing why you're living for because without purpose, without vision, you die. Amen? We are born in this season for a reason. The biggest challenge that we have in the body of Christ is to understand and recognize God's timing and the seasons of God and how they relate to us in the spirit and how we're to flow and to operate in them. How can we flow and operate in a system or a season of God that we don't even recognize exist? Do you recognize what God's up to you? Do you have the ear that can hear what the spirit is saying to the church? Do you have a sensitivity of heart that the Spirit can prod you and give you understanding of what's going on in your season, in your hour, what's going on among your family, going among your neighborhood, in your community? I want to tell you, God's given it to me and he'll give it to you. The, the biggest challenge we have is how do we flow? How do we operate in this system and the season that God's wanting us to operate in? This is where the Sadducees and the Pharisees had a problem. Jesus asked them, why is it that you can look at the sky and predict the weather, but you cannot look at the spirit and discern the signs of the time? He said, why is it that you can see everything in the natural point of view and understand it, but when it comes to the spiritual point of view, you're ignorant? Come on. They were the religious leaders of Israel, folks. And they could not understand what season it was in the spirit. The Israelites always had a hard time understanding what God was doing in their midst. They always had that problem. Whether it be in blessing or cursing, whether it be in deliverance or judgment, it always happened without exception, but Israel never understood the reason behind it. God would do something in a corrective way, and they couldn't even understand what he'd done. They were always ignorant. Come on, somebody help me preach. They could never discern the signs of the time. They had to learn the hard way by experiencing things that God never wanted them to experience. God had to put them through hell in order to get their attention. And God, that is not God's plan for your life. It is not God's plan for you to have to go through hell to get your attention. It's God's plan for you to be sensitive to hear the word of the Lord and flow in the gifts of the spirit right here, right now. Can I have an amen? Give the Lord praise for that. That's God's intention for you. Amen. Instead of exercising faith in the midst of unpleasant developments of the day, Israel, instead of offering hope in the midst of hopelessness, instead of projecting peace in the midst of chaos, Israel got on the bandwagon with everyone else, caved into doubts, caved into fears, began to murmur and complain, which God hates, and fell apart and, and left the world with no real solutions or answers. And yet they were on the crossword of the world to perpetuate the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be, give the reason of the hope that lies within the world. You and I are a city that's set on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden. We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. And we are to have hope for people in hopeless situations. We're to have solutions. Can I have an amen? Instead of them exercising faith, these religious leaders wanted to see a spectacle. They wanted God to rise up out of the hash heaps of life and give them a sign, show them a miracle, do something so that they could believe rather than having their heart changed so that they could be a people that could live by faith. Come on. Israel has always just sat around waiting for something to happen. And matter of fact, their own Messiah come and gone and they're still sitting around waiting for him to appear. Jesus has done come and lived with them for 33 years without him, them recognizing who he even was. Jesus was born when the fullness of time was come, according to the scripture, Galatians 4 and 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son in the likeness of a man in the form of a woman. That's how he came. And Jesus even said in Luke chapter 11, verse 20, if I, if I, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, then know that the kingdom of God's come to you. 
He looked up and said, guys, the things that I'm doing, he said, if I'm casting out devils by the finger of God, know that the kingdom of God's staring you in the face. Amen? Jesus was always operating in seasons and in times. Matter of fact, at one point in Jesus' public ministry, his enemies sought to seize him and kill him. You know what the Bible says? It says that no one laid their hands upon him because his hour was yet not come. God protected him. It wasn't time for that. It wasn't time to go to the cross. And the hour had not come. It was a season that was not ready to be fulfilled, so God didn't allow it to happen. God is a God of times and seasons. Can I have an amen? That's why it says in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, everybody quotes it, especially at funerals, for everything there's a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. There's times of refreshing according to the book of Acts 3.19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Amen? Matter of fact, did you know that even the devil has a season? He's seasonal. <laughs> Hallelujah, I love that. That's what the Bible says in Revelations 12, 12. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knoweth that he has but a short season or a short time. He's got a season upon him. This was written over 2,000 years ago and how much closer do you think that that scripture is about to be fulfilled? Amen. And there's a promise of reaping according to Galatians 6 and 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. There's a time of reaping. Things happen in due season, and it's our job to understand the season that is upon us right now. And listen to what Jesus is saying to the palace of praise. He said this 2,000 years ago to his disciples, and he said, this is what the call, the mandate is upon you. And that's never changed, and that same call that he gave to them is upon us right now. In the book of Mark 115, the time is fulfilled. Hey, we're in the dispensation of the church. Jesus, the commander-in-chief, said, hey, the time's fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That's all God's saying to the church. Why do we got to have something deep? We always got to pull out these eight-point things and have all these slideshows and all that. And Jesus just said, hey, listen up here. Quit looking for a sign. He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and just believe the gospel. Believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Believe in the power of the gospel. Believe you shall cast out demons and you shall speak with new tongues and if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. Believe the gospel. Amen. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We have to understand that the times and the seasons in the spiritual realm do not always coincide with the times and the season in the natural realm. Let me give you a little teaching right here. Let me slow down a little bit. Two reasons I'm going to do that. So you can hear, so I can get my breath. We cannot get confused like Israel and judge things in the spiritual by the condition of the natural climate around us. The natural things around us can lie to us and give us a false perception and create an evil imagination of what God's doing in the spiritual. And therefore, we get on a bad bandwagon and we are more manipulated by the cosmic events that's happening by the world instead of the things that's happening by the Spirit of God. We have to be spiritual. It was Paul that said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting with verse 11, for what man knoweth the things of a man but by the spirit of man that's in him? Even so the things of the spirit, even though the things of God know, knoweth no man except by the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. How many know that you can know the things that's freely given to us by God? Which things are also we speak, not with words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, being spiritually minded. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual, he judgeth all things, but yet he himself is not judged. I love that. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, I wish I had about an hour to preach right there, but I don't. We cannot judge things through the natural eye and the way that things seem to appear. The things of God are spiritually discerned. Are you listening to me? The Pharisees and the Sadducees could not understand the reason that they were in because they had no spiritual discernment. They had no spiritual perception. 
Jesus then said, those who are without faith, they're the ones that seek for a sign, a phenomenon, a supernatural occurrence, but those of faith need no sign. This is what he's breaking down and saying. He said, for the faithful, those that believe, the word and the promises of God are enough. They live by the word of God. They live by the promise in scripture. They don't have to have a phenomenon. They don't have to have some supernatural account. And whether you understand or not, the shakening that's taken place is supernatural. It's staring, look, turn on the television and watch the news, and when you do, you see a supernatural occurrence. It's not what you like to see, but it's a shakening going on that God is doing himself. Nothing could crumble this world the way it's crumbling unless it be God doing it. Can I have an amen? Due to the Pharisees and the Sadducees' own lack of faith, they could not understand the seasons that they were in, and they could not discern the spiritual climate, and as a result, they missed the time of their visitation. Jesus lived with them for 33 years, and they handled him and touched him and could not understand they were handling the bread of life. They missed their season. This caused them to reject the one from whom their very religious season looked for and waited for. They missed their opportunity because they were waiting for God to meet their expectation. In other words, they had a preconceived idea of what it's all going to be like. We come into church and we have a preconceived idea of what we want the service to be like. And we blow up these things in our minds and we look for signs and we look for wonders and we say, why don't we see this and why don't we see that? We're an adulterous and sinful generation when we do that junk. We're not people of faith. If a sign needs to happen here, God will make it happen. If God wants to do it openly and outwardly and manifest it, if he wants to do it behind, behind the secret walls, that's okay. If God wants to do it by the hand of someone laying on somebody's hand or do it through the, a hand of medicine or the hand of a doctor, it don't matter. You want to see a sign? I'll give you a sign. Brother Eddie Sandridge come up here a while ago and was worshiping the Lord. You know why? Because he went and had surgery and they had a cancer in him and the cancer was detained and they got it all. He's cancer free and he's praising God for it. Amen. That's a wonderful miracle. Due to the Pharisees and Sadducees own lack of faith, they could not understand the season they were in. They missed their opportunity, not realizing that God all along was waiting for them to meet his expectation. And if they would have just met his expectation with faith, the very signs and wonders and miracles that they wanted would have followed them. In other words, God said, quit sitting around for me to meet your expectations. Start meeting mine. Quit waiting on something to happen before you can believe. Start activating your faith and operating in what I've told you to operate in. And when you do, the very things you look for shall come, but they're going to come in a different way than what you ever thought. They're going to come through you. Amen? Think about that. Now, let's go on. The shakening that is going on around our world is preparing people's hearts to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you not understand that? We have to look past the tragedies and see them as opportunities for ministry. The things that's fixing to happen. If we don't offer hope, then where is the world going to get that hope? Amen? God is not calling us to complain about the world that we live in, but he's calling us to change the world. Oh, God, help me right here. Do you not understand, palace of praise, that we are God's appointed history makers? Do you not understand, palace of praise, that we are his anointed world changers? Look at somebody and say, I'm anointed. I make a difference. You're going to see things through me this year you've never seen. You believe that? If you believe that, stand to your feet and praise God for what he's going to do in your life and make yourself submissive. Amen. Say, I'm a world changer. Say it. I'm a world changer. Say, I'm a history maker. I'm the part of the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ. I'm a victory. I have victory, and I'm not a victim. Amen. It's time to quit being living in a defeatist mentality. For heaven's sake, church, rise up. Oh, Lord. The religious leaders of Jesus' day lacked discernment because they were out of touch with God. That's where it's all at. And the end result was they had no idea what God was doing. They sat around and guessed all the time. 
They went to this revival and they went to this place and they looked at that fad and they done this fad and they copied this mechanism and they, they become nothing but religious falling after trends and traditions of what everybody else was doing and not to find out what fit them. You don't see your pastor running all over the world trying to find something to bring back here to work. I want to tell you what works in Pocahontas, Arkansas don't work in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. I got to have my own creative tailor-made blessing for Poplar Bluff. I want you to know Saul's armor don't fit David. Can I have an amen? We got to have our own tailor-made blessing. We got to come in here with the confidence in knowing what God's telling us to do and quit worrying about what everybody else is doing. Amen? Oh, I, I, I'm getting on a bandwagon now. The religious leaders, they like to serve it because they were out of touch with God. They wanted someone else to bring them the, they didn't want to have to pay the price of seeking him and studying and Wallering, this week I've wallered with the Lord for hours. I've got more, more hours in this message than probably any message I've put in for a long time. May not be the best message, but I've warred for it. Amen? And because they had no spiritual number, they, had, they ended up having no idea what God was doing in their midst. I refuse to be a leader to come up here and lead you blindly, not knowing what God's up to. I refuse to come up here with no vision, no purpose, Let's just have church, folks, like the old people used to do. They used to come in and say, ah, let's just have church and everything else will take its place. Hogwarts, there's a predetermined destiny upon this church. There's a call, there's a mandate, there's a purpose, there's a vision, and we gotta fulfill it. We don't come in here and just, oh, well, let's roll the dice. Whatever happens, happens. And let me tell you, nothing's gonna happen in the, in, the, in the phenomenon until we believe the things that God has spoken shall come to pass and we start acting them out by faith and as we start walking them out by faith, they start following behind us and they begin to manifest. But they don't manifest until we operate in faith. Just sit here because we're gonna preach to the year of 2020. I feel this thing. God help us. Throughout the Bible, we see that climates had a lot to do with what God was saying. We know that. For example, in the Old Testament, a natural drought often was related to spiritual withholding or a dry season in the spirit. Deuteronomy chapter 28, I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to have to skip a lot of this. But if you'll go read the book of Deuteronomy 28, it describes the blessings that God's people will receive by being faithful to God. However, it also describes the curse that will fall upon them if they're disobedient and unfaithful. To sum it up, this is what he says. If you obey my voice and follow after my statutes and keep my commandments, you'll be blessed. Rain will come upon your land. Then he says, but if you do not keep my commandments and follow after my statutes and do what I tell you to do, guess what's going to happen? A curse is going to come. You're not going to have no rain. Amen. When it began to rain in Palestine, when it began to rain in Israel, upon the land, it was God speaking and saying to the people, hey, the blessings are now available for you. You found favor. That's what it was saying. Their obedience opened the windows of heaven. The rain fell, and they were able to have a harvest. But disobedience shut up the heavens, and if there was no rain, if there was a drought, it was God saying, hey, you don't have my favor. And you're not going to have a harvest. Come on, everybody with me? The physical climate often reflected the condition of the people's relationship with God. In other words, if they were blessed, it was because they weren't in alignment with God. If they were cursed, it was because they were not aligned with God. They were, they were, they were not lined up. In the Old Testament, we learned that God gave us these examples and symbols of the people's spiritual realities in the Old Testament. But under the new covenant of Christ, we have to understand something. We can no longer interpret the times and the seasons from an Old Testament point of view. Everybody with me? Why? Has it changed? Yes, it's changed. Why? Because through Jesus came grace and truth. We are under the dispensation of grace. Romans 2 and 4 says, why despises thou his goodness and his forbearance, not knowing that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. In other words, in the Old Testament, if you got an alignment, you know what would God do? Boom, he'd bring a curse upon you. 
The curse would shut up the heavens. The rain wouldn't fall. The blessings wouldn't fall. The favor wouldn't fall. Things fell apart. And as a result of that, guess what happened? It caused you to align yourself back up with God to starve to death. But under the New Testament, God says, I love you so much, I'd rather do it this way. I would rather reach you through the goodness of God and not the severity of God. That's grace. Amen? Now, God will eventually bring judgment, and that's what he's doing upon the land today. He's shaking it. But I want to tell you, this is talking to the believer. How many knows, according to the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible tells us every good gift, every perfect gift cometh from above and cometh down from the Father of lights where there's neither verbalness nor shadow of turning. That means when God looks down upon Chuck and April Richardson, he can't even turn from wanting to do good from the, for, to them. Even if they get out in alignment with God, he loves them so much, he wants to bless them. That's grace. Oh, how wonderful, unmerited favor is. Thank God for grace. Physical realities do not always reflect spiritual conditions in the New Testament. In other words, in the Old Testament times, natural disasters were regarded as judgments from God, and most of the time they were. But in today's world, it's a little different. Just because a flood occurs down in Tennessee and an earthquake happens over here on the New Madrid Fault does not mean that God is angry with the people in that region. Hello? It can mean that, but it don't always mean that. You've got to know the difference. Just because those things happen does not mean that it's judgment. When Jesus said a wicked and adulterous generation seek after a sign, he was saying in effect, take your eyes off of the natural things and focus on the spiritual. Get insight on what's going on in the spirit realm. Get in the word. Get in prayer. Begin to seek my face. If you can look at the sky and tell the weather, then you ought to be able to see in the spirit, discern the time and the climate that you're living in spiritually. If you, as an individual, can go out there and say, hey, it's going to rain because it's dark back in the west and lightning's flashing, you know, here's what Jesus would say to you. If you can look and see that sign and determine by that sign it's going to rain, then you are to be able to come into the realm of the spirit and let me show you what is going on in the spiritual. It's that easy. It ain't hard. It ain't just for an elite. It ain't just for a group. It's not just for a leader. It's not just for a pastor. It's not just for an associate pastor. It's for every single one of us to have clarity what God's speaking to us in our homes. In order to discern the signs of the time, we have to understand that the spiritual climate does not always coincide with a natural season. Most likely, it not only will not coincide, it'll collide with it. It'll be the opposite. One of the reasons many people do not understand the timing of God and the spiritual signs is because those things collide with and are many times opposite of the climate of the world. I believe that in 2019, are you ready for this? This is year that God is releasing people, his body in the earth who have the ability to change spiritual climates by discerning the time that you and I are living in. The church that's going to prosper the church that's going to be exalted, the church that's going to advance, the church that's going to be successful is the church that has people in it that discern the sign of the time. Amen? When the spiritual climate is warm and receptive to the power of God, you know what happens? Then the power of God becomes unhindered and his word begins to penetrate people's hearts. Miracles occur. Faith begins to rise up. Non-believers come to know Christ. Spiritual uh, uh, believers become more spiritually minded. And it's in this kind of climate that entire cities can be turned around for Jesus Christ. So I proclaim to you by the voice of the Lord, starting in the year of 2009 until the Lord comes back, whether it be 2000 or 2019 that is, whether he comes back in 2030 or whether he comes back this year or 2020, it don't matter. The palace of praise is going to start advancing the culture that is around it. We're going to quit letting the culture advance us and change us. But the culture of this church is going out in the four, four corners of our region and we're going to turn this city upside down for Jesus Christ and this city by a whole shall be saved in Jesus' name. I believe that. This is the greatest hour of the church. Can I have an amen? It's, the greatest, it's our greatest opportunity. The shaking is not here to punish people. The shaking is here to get the people ready to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's stripping them of pride and false humility and arrogance and sinful things. God's not here shaking the world because he's mad at the world. He's shaking the world because he loves the world. 
and he's shaking it to where men and women are going to find themselves in difficulties and they're going to fear and tremble and they're going to run back to the church and the church has got to have hope. Not sit around, oh, I don't know why to do these people coming in and the world's so bad and everybody's lost their job. We can't pay our bills. And, oh, for for hogwash. My God can prepare a table in the wilderness if need be. Can I have an amen? We need to quit waiting for some kind of cosmic event to happen and start releasing the anointing that is in us upon our world. Sitting around waiting for something to happen so that we can get motivated. Isn't that why Israel done? Where's the sign? Oh, if we can just see one miracle up here, it'll really motivate us, God. And God's saying the miracles are all around you. You're just not operating in it. You're not exercising the faith in order to have the miracles to happen. You're waiting for the miracle to happen so you can have faith. I'm telling you, have faith and you'll see the miracles. Start walking it out. Start believing. Are you the anointed of God? Are you saved? Are you regenerated? Is your name living in the Bay Rams book of life? Then you are a miracle worker for the kingdom of God. Amen. All of us are. It's time to start believing, anticipating, expecting, and manifesting the power of God. We are not waiting for something to happen, but that which we believe in is happening through us. Amen. This is the season, folks. I'm telling you what 2019 is. This is the season. This is the time. This is the hour. This is the fulfillment. It's in this generation. The season in the 2019 is the kingdom of God has come. Repent and believe the gospel. Do we not believe what Amos said? Amos said, the reaper will override the planter, the plower. The planter and the harvester, the sower and the reaper will be working in the same season. We will reap in the same season that we sow. (laughs) Can you imagine a farmer going out and start sowing a seed? And his kids are behind him reaping the harvest. How many would like to see that happen? How many would like to see that? Oh, I'm going to preach to you right now. I'm about to get in your face. Woo! I didn't say sue I said woo! We got enough hogs running. Some of you didn't even get that. The truth of the matter is that Amos prophesied that in the last days that we're living in prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, that the things of the kingdom would accelerate. They would advance. They would increase. And yet we're sitting around saying, where's the signs and the wonders of the Old Testament? In other words, we're saying that which happened in the day of Pentecost is no longer seen and available for today. Instead of seeing it as an increase in our land today, we're seeing it as a decrease. And yet Amos says that's not the way it's supposed to be. Matter of fact, if we'd open our eyes, the things that's going on around the world in a supernatural way, there's more phenomenals now than there's ever been on the face of the earth. Maybe they're not hap- they always did not happen everywhere Paul went. He didn't always see a miracle, but maybe Peter seen one 90 miles away. And around our world, there are miracles happening. Muslims are getting saved, whether we know it or not, by the thousands. God's doing things. Shakings are going around the world. All of these refugees, they're hungry, they're starving, they're tired. Their world's been crumbled. Their homes are being destroyed. They're being pushed out of their homelands and thousands of them are being saved in the refugee camps by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? But the Bible says that the reaper and the sower are gonna be in the same field. Here's a guy out there reaping and right behind him, a guy's gathering it up, it's growing so fast. You know what Paul said in his day? Paul said, oh, Apollos watered. In other words, he goes on and says, some watered, some planted, some cultivated. Come on. Others got the increase. In other words, there were preachers that would go in and they would throw the seed. They'd plant the seed. Another preacher would come by two or three years later, he'd water the seed. He'd love on the people, cultivate, keep the weeds out and do all of that, fertilize. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, 10 years later, another preacher would come on the scene and the church never grew between the the sowing and the watering and the cultivating and the caring. None of that grew, but another guy comes in that done nothing 
walks in and he reaps the increase of everything that was done prior to that because it was sown in one season and reaped in another. But God's saying, hey, in the year 2019, you're gonna see what? A rapidly increasing movement of God in the spirit and things are going to accelerate. And what used to take you five years to get someone saved because of the condition of the world and the shaking, people are ready to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is our greatest opportunity. But while we're doing it, we're gonna be tested right along with everybody else. Some of your businesses is gonna be tested. Some of your homes, some of your lifestyle, your children, everything around you is gonna be shaken. Are you gonna allow what's being shaken and in your life determine your spiritual outlook and your spiritual attitude? Oh my goodness, what's happened? What's God, where's God at? Or are you gonna say, regardless of it all, I'm not gonna be distracted. I'm gonna be a person of faith. I'm gonna operate in faith. My only hope is to ignore this nonsense and start operating in faith and start letting God work through me and the very thing that I desire to be done, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will take care of themselves. Oh, help me, Lord. The things of the Spirit are accelerating. They're increasing. They're gaining in velocity. And it's not going to fit the protocol. It's not going to meet the laws of nature, but it's going to be a supernatural thing. And if we don't open our eyes and see by the eye of faith, we will miss our visitation just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees did. We will be sitting here waiting for something to happen, looking for a sign, while all along signs are happening all around us. And we won't even see them. We won't even recognize them. Folks, God is saying it's time to reap. It's time to see the manifestation of the Son of God in the earth. Are you listening? God is looking for people that, can, that he can release into the world that will be in agreement with his spirit and not allow the natural things to control his spiritual attitude and be controlled by the natural eye, but by the spiritual eye. And when God shakes the earth, he's dealing with man. But when he shakes the heavens, God is not dealing with man no longer. He's dealing with the devil himself. You know why? Because the devil is the prince and the power of the air. When he shakes the heaven, God begins to shake the heaven. He's weakening the forces of the enemy. Do you not understand that? The enemy begins to lose its grip. Strongholds become weakened. Prison cells become vulnerable to escape. Fortified walls begin to lose their effectiveness. Chains begin to lose their strength. Prison bars lose their ability. Demons lose their power. Lies lose their deception. And even though the shakening will have an impact on worldviews and the planet Earth itself, and even though societies and cities and neighborhoods will feel the consequences and the effects of this shakening, yet the real focus is this. The heavenlies are being changed and the prince in the power of the air is losing his control and his influence over regions and territories and his dominion is being relinquished. The shakening doesn't just weaken, but it also causes something to move from one place to another. I love that. When we think of shakening, when Paul and Silas were in the prison cells, it says, and the place was shaken. What happened when it shaked? The chains fell off. The chains fell off their hands and their feet. The prison bar slung open. When me and Randy went to China, we experienced a supernatural phenomenal shakening in a room. All of us, 100% of the people hit the ground. Couldn't even, I couldn't even hardly raise my head up. Randy had such an encounter, he couldn't speak for 48 hours. Sat there and tried to talk to him. He, he just out in a different la-la land. Do you remember that? I said, that man's done being zapped by the zapper. I'm, I've never experienced a super counter and presence of God like that in my life. While we were there, we had an Acts chapter two moment. And the place was shaken. You remember when the Holy Ghost fell upon the day of Pentecost and the place was shaken? We literally seen with our physical eyes the literal furniture of that room begin to rumble and go across the room. Did we not? We seen it with our physical eyes. It was a shakening from God. What did that mean? The room that where this furniture set went from one place to another. And you know what God spoke to me? And he said, do you not understand what the shakening's all about? There's a power shift taking place in the last days. 
There's a power shifting from one authority to another. There's a power shifting from one place to another. The power that the enemy once held is the prince and the power of the air. The areas of control that he had over, the territories that he held captive, the places that he's bound, locked up and held captive is beginning to break loose to a new authority. I'm fixing to quit preaching. Hang on. There's a new boss in town, and guess who the new boss is? It's Jesus, the church of Jesus Christ is rising up and taking its rightful place in the kingdom of God. And even though the church is shaken as well, yet the true church is a kingdom that cannot be shaken because we're a part of the kingdom of God. And every hindrance, every lock that has been bound, every chain that is held captive by the enemy shall be shaken and they shall be broke asunder by the power of God. All this shaking, you know all it's doing to the church? It's revealing the true church from the apostate church. People are being exposed in these last days. Amen? Is they're being exposed whether they're religious or whether they're spiritual. Whether they're just going in here and having religion or whether they're true blood-bought children of God. It's purifying the church. It's separating the wheat from the tares. The true blood-bought church of the living God's coming up out of the wilderness with great joy. Look where she's coming up out of, out of great wilderness. It's coming up out of afflictions and trials and temptations and troubles and tests and persecutions. And yet she's advancing the kingdom of God. It's harvest time. The harvest is evangelism. Their eyes are not upon what's happening to them in the physical. Thank God that Paul and Silas did not sit there and look at their physical maladies and let that control their attitude of worship. Thank God that they look beyond their physical maladies of being whipped and beaten and chained and handcuffed, put in a dungeon, and they begin to worship Almighty God, and they're allowed to themselves to exercise faith in the very thing that they wanted to see came about because they exercise faith. What is it that you're wanting to see come to pass? Then start exercising faith. This is the time of the manifestation of God. This is the time of the workings of God. Right now, there's a shaking going on. Be a part of it. Your world's going to be tested. Your world's going to be tested. Your world's going to be tested. And when it does, let it purify you, but let it not set an attitude of doubt and fear and cause grumbling and murmuring and complaining and worrying and fretting and depression and anxiety. Rise up, O church! This is the time of the awakening of the body of Christ before the second return of Jesus and the church shall go out and bring sheaves in with fullness of joy. The lost will be saved by the thousands. Would you stand with me, please? I ain't got time to finish this sermon. Oh, Lord, I wish that did. We're not gonna see the manifestations of revival, renewal, and transformation. We are in the manifestation season. Now let's start acting like it. Quit sitting around waiting on it. Start acting like it. If you want deliverance, start laying hands on people. If you want people saved, tell them your testimony. You want to see miraculous things happen, start operating in faith. Start speaking the things that are not as though they were. Start speaking life, because life and death is the power of the tongue. I proclaim this is our best year. I proclaim we ain't seen nothing yet. I'm saying, oh, come here, Chuck, for a minute. Come up here on the stage. This is what God's doing to Chuck and to every one of us in here. He's shaking him. Now, is Chuck going to allow the shaking Maybe in the form of tragedy, trial, test, affliction, whatever. Is that going to determine the spiritual attitude and latitude of his spirit and soul? Or is he saying, praise God, all things work together for the goodness of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise God, the steps of a good man are order to the Lord. He knows my rising up and he knows my lying down. He knows my going forth and my coming in. Oh, hallelujah. I'm the head and not the tail. It don't matter what seems to appear. It don't matter what I might be going through. I'm telling you the church is rising up and the church is going to operate in faith and then the shaking brings a purity of heart that brings about the miraculous. What happens when the shaking gets personal with you? 
What's going to happen? You're going to fall apart? Cry, murmur, crash. I love that song we sing. Oh God, the glory is yours. The kingdom has come. The battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise. And the glory is yours. The glory is yours. When God begins to shake, in Jesus' name arise. Brooks, Misty, come here for a minute. I am so amazed by these two people's faith. I didn't get permission to do this, but I think it'll be okay. Come on up. You talking about a shakening going on in the life of the Duncans right now? There's a shakening going on. Those of you that may not know it, Misty's been diagnosed with cancer in the neck. It's serious. Very serious. Very serious diagnosis. She's going to be undergoing chemotherapy, going to be going under uh, radiation and different things of this nature. Going to try to shrink it, and I don't know what all is going to take place, but it's a very serious diagnosis. As a pastor, I went and sat back with them the other day and began to talk to them and try to encourage them, only for me to let, walk away encouraged. She said, I'm not afraid. She's being shaken like you can't believe, and he's being shaken like you can't believe. And while they were being shaken, instead of Brooks running to an altar the other day, not that that's wrong to, to weep and to pray and to be concerned, I seen him run and worship God. And I stood there and I thought, wow, what an amazement display of faith. In the most darkest time of their lives, instead of him wallowing in the floor, weeping and begging God for a miracle, he's worshiping. Not that it's wrong to do the other. And when I talk to Misty, I'm not afraid. I'm a winner no matter what, but you know what? God knows me. God created me. He knew this before I was ever even born. And she started talking all this stuff about faith. And I sat there, Pastor, what are you doing here? You come to encourage them to give them a word of the Lord. And I didn't even get to give the word because every word I was going to give her, she already had. And even more. Because she's confident of this very thing. He has begun a good work in her. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know what she understood? You know what she understands? She's graven right there in the palm of his hand. Not one hair falls out of her head that he don't account for. Hallelujah. He knows her better than she knows herself. And she's put her total reliance and trust in the sovereignty of God and his plan for her life. And you know what's fixing to happen? The exercising of her faith is not only going to liberate her, but it's going to liberate thousands around her because of the influence of the display of the power of God that's going to rest upon the Duncan family. You believe God's going to give her a victory? You believe that? One way or another. What happens if you're shaking? What happens tomorrow you go to the doctor and they use the C word with you? You're gonna roll over and quit? You're gonna roll over and cry? You're gonna get depressed, become elusive? You're gonna roll up in a blanket somewhere, suck your thumb and say, uh oh, I'm in trouble. We don't know what we would do until we, it happens. But I know one thing, God's shaking him. He's shaking in kingdoms, he's shaking in businesses, he's shaking in lives, he's shaking in homes, he's shaking in marriages. And you're seeing people react in wrong ways. You're seeing them, people that you thought was bedrock solid are falling apart and they're running away from the kingdom of God. You're seeing them abandon families. You're seeing them go to drugs. You're seeing them go to alcohol. You're seeing them run into the bars. You're seeing them run to all kinds of promiscuous ways of life. And you thought, how in the world can someone like that that you thought was bedrock, solid, they're being shaken. But they're in the shakening, folks. We gotta have a hope that's beyond the shakening. And understand the shakening is not there to destroy us, the shakening is there to make us, to become everything that God wants to do. And if we'll respond right to the shakening, we will not have to go to the measures and the lengths that Israel did and become to the place where they were destroyed. 
But the shakening is not there to destroy us, but to perfect us. And in that perfection will be a hope and a light to the millions around us. It's going through the same thing. Amen. I don't know how to do this, so I'm going to come to a close. I have to. I could. This is just in my spirit. It's in my spirit. Know this, and I'll be preaching on it tonight probably, and it, it's kind of go along with this message. But anytime you see something significant happen in a church, and anytime that church gets a recognition by the world or by the community, when they look up and point at something and say, wow, they got it going on there, I can tell you this, though the world views it and says, wow, great things are happening there, those of us that are there in that spot, we went through hell to get there. It didn't come easy. And before you can have greatness, you got to be tested to whether or not you can handle that greatness. And whether or not that you can believe God for somebody that's in despair, broken, destitute, you got to become broken and destitute and despair yourself or because if you can't overcome it within yourself, how are you going to help somebody else walk through it? God uses broken vessels, busted up vessels. Come on. Some of you are going some, through some hard stuff. It's all right. He's got your back. He's your rear guard. He's your bucket, your shield, your fortress, your high tower. Are you listening to me? But quit waiting around for something phenomenal to start happening. Start making something phenomenally happen by you walking out your faith and proclaiming that which is not as though it was. Start releasing the anointing that's upon you through somebody else. Quit focusing on what's hindering you and start acting out of faith and start helping people that's where you're at. What you're experiencing is there so that you can help somebody else that's experiencing the same thing because you can identify with them. It's not there to destroy you. It's there to equip you to help somebody that's in that same position. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and just start worshiping the Lord and saying, Lord, I want to be a candidate of your, uh, of your blessing. Help me during, pray, God, help me during my shakening. Help me during my shakening, God. Help me to respond positively. Help me be the manifestation of your spirit in these last days. Help me to act as if though, God, those things that I believe are already happening in my life. Amen? Help me, Lord. Don't let me be a mumbly, grumbling, complaining, bitter, confused, hateful, old Christian. Help me be one that has hope in hopelessness, peace in the midst of chaos. Help me to have that undergirding, underlining faith that declares I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and I'm, a, I'm an advocate for, for a miracle and I'm a, I'm a candidate for deliverance and I'm a deliverer through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> 